0: Let's start with politics. You now, usually the show heads to Canberra on a Monday, but this week all eyes will be on Victoria as a particularly spiteful election campaign draws to a close. Dan Andrews is hoping for a third term as Premier and opposition leader Matthew Guy is hoping for a win against the odds. It seems clear that the election's a referendum on the performance of Dan Andrews, who's become a very polarising figure over his leadership during the pandemic and through the lengthy lockdowns endured by Victorians. Given he's been in power for eight years already, he should be worried. But the opposition has not gained the traction it would have liked. To give us some historical context on the current campaign, I'm pleased to welcome George Megalogenis back to the program. George is an author, political analyst, and a columnist for The Age. Hello, George. How are you, Richard? I'm well. It's good to talk to you again. In a recent article in The Age, you made comparisons between this election and the 1999 election, when Jeff Kennett unexpectedly lost to Steve Brax. What are the similarities?
1: A couple straight off the top. Uh, the number of seats uh, the Labor Party are taking into this election after the redistribution of electoral boundaries, and I'm relying on Anthony Green's um, estimate, is identical to the number of seats Jeff Kennett took into the 1999 election. That's uh, parallel number one. Parallel number two, uh, Daniel Andrews is the longest serving uh, leader in the nation, federal, state or territory as Jeff Kennett was in 1999. And uh, for most of this term, uh, because Labor won in a landslide in, in 2018 as the Liberal Party was returned and in a landslide in 1996. The expectation was that this one man government, this one Dan government, uh, a bit like uh, the Kennett government, would be re elected easily. And that's parallel number three. Parallel number four is uh, the opposition in 1999. Labor had just switched leaders uh, to Steve Brax. Who was then uh, relatively unknown, replacing John Brumby, and Labor still had the baggage of that early 1990s recession. Uh, unemployment uh, reached 13%. Uh, the budget was broken. The state was in debt, mm. and people couldn't couldn't conceive of the government of Labor being returned to government so soon after that debacle. And there's a there's a similar sense around the coalition, having just been wiped out the previous election, that you couldn't imagine them. Uh, coming back to power so soon. But as you say straight off the top, the government's had two terms. Uh, It's time factor tends to kick in after two terms. And
0: you've got a polarising leader in uh,
1: Daniel Andrews.
0: But there are obviously some very significant differences. The the first one I think of is that Matthew Guy is not host Steve Brax.
1: Absolutely. Uh, Steve Brax, people forget it now, but in 1999, he was seen as harmless, a bit of a clean skin, a nice guy. The knock on him wasn't he couldn't stand up to Geoff Kennett. People thought that he was too nice to take him on. But it turned out that was exactly what the people of Victoria wanted. They were sort of over this one-man government and were looking forward to throwing him out. Um, I was still in Canberra at the time, but I sort of returned to Melbourne just in time for the handover. And the talk around town even after the election, and that election... Uh, had to be decided at a supplementary election. There was a, there was a, an election for a single seat because the candidate had passed away on election day, and that that election had to be held over for a month. Uh, Labor uh, were a minority government, so they had three seats uh, held by independents that ended up deciding who'd be the premier and Steve Brax just presented better at every one of those meetings with the crossbench. Jeff Kennett uh, was still in a bit of denial about the swing against him, and he was a bit hostile towards the crossbench, whereas Brax just ticked off every request and became Premier. But as I said, the word around town at the time was that it was a protest vote that went wrong. Um, but subsequently, of course, Labor then had uh, was re-elected twice under Brax in landslides. So not the similar, similar pattern to, uh, Bob Carr just falling over the line mm. in 1995 by a single seat, and and uh, Beattie, Peter Beattie in Queensland uh, getting minority government in 98, and then uh, back-to-back landslides. So yeah, you I mean you're flagging you're flagging the the difference. Matthew Guy is shop-worn; he's already lost an election. Uh, he lost his leadership. He got the leadership back, and he's come back uh, wanting to be a sort of a not quite a Steve Brax, but a much more. Uh, middle of the road, mainstream character, but hasn't been able to shake the anger in him. So, in a funny way, he may be coming in too hard at uh, Andrews. When probably what you're looking at, if you're looking at for an identical parallel, it's a nice guy or a woman that probably would have been the better, uh, the better opponent for Andrews at the moment.
0: George, you just said something about you know being in the middle, but the Liberal Party in Victoria is not in the middle anymore. Not in the way it used to be. It's moved to the right.
1: And how did this happen? This is a very interesting question. Um, you know, governments used to be decided in the in the, um, in the the eastern suburbs of Melbourne. This is where Menzies' moral majority uh, uh, sort of resided, the 50s, the 60s, even into the 70s. Whitlam couldn't win power without winning some uh, suburban electorates in Melbourne. And, of course, Fraser and then Hawke uh, both dominated the city of Melbourne. And the city of Melbourne pretty much decided... Uh, who ran uh, Who ran the country. Victoria and Melbourne especially have been on the sort of uh, to the left of national opinion, I think, for about 20 years now. I think most people accept that mm. uh, going into the last election. Obviously, things changed at the last election. So the state itself seems to have been uh, moved to a bit to the left. But the Liberal Party out of power, uh, partly because the demographics of the city, especially that decides elections in Victoria now, has changed. Their way to sort of get back into power is to sort of try to outflank Labor from a harder right perspective. Now I'm not sure that that's worked because they've lost most of the elections in the last 30 years. They've only they've only won three elections, and the second time they came back into power, which was in uh, 2010, they only lasted a single term. So they are, they are clearly to the right of the Victorian population. Yeah. How it happened, uh, you probably need to get into the faction. You get into the weeds of well, the factional politics in Victoria, but.
0: That,
1: bear in mind that's yeah, but bear in mind the Labour Party is to the left of <laughs> yeah, left of pretty much everyone as well. So it's a pretty rabid state in terms of its if it, in terms of its two main parties.
0: Yeah. I, the other thing I've been wondering about is the church has an influence in conservative politics and Victoria is actually the most Secular state in the nation second,
1: as well. Yeah, well, well, out the mainland second most secular after South Australia and um, and South Australia and Tasmania are the, are the two most secular. But Victoria is much more secular than New South Wales. So New South Wales is still majority Christian, and it's one of the few states in the country that is still majority Christian. Uh, Victoria, sorry, regional Victoria is actually already past the point where more than half the people who tick that no religion box in the census. So they're already majority secular in, in uh, the rest of Victoria and in uh, Melbourne, it's no longer majority Christian. So if you, were, um, if you were sort of visiting from outer space and you wanted to, uh, and you wanted to pull the three strings to, to gain power in, um, in a place like Victoria, you wouldn't be starting from there. You wouldn't be starting from uh, uh, a very religious position nor would you be starting by the way from a very ideological position oh, on the left
0: well i mean and you've already touched on this uh, the victorian labor party is to the left of the electorate yep. the the coalition in victoria is to the right of the electorate absolutely
1: absolutely.
0: So, uh, so they're both they're actually going to both be vulnerable in different ways can you walk briefly through where the two parties feel that they're vulnerable yeah look if
1: i can take you back again to the 1999 parallel where where can it Uh, was surprised by uh, Steve Brax and John Brumby, who was his lieutenant, who handed the leadership over to him. The Labor Party uh, saw a path to power through the regions. And these were the regions that Kennett had neglected uh, during his big deregulation uh, campaign, you know, to sort of set the, uh, the state's books right. And there was a sense that basically all power resided in Melbourne and the regions had been forgotten. Fast forward to 2022, the regions are not going to decide this election. The outer suburbs will decide this election. And this is where Labor has its equivalent vulnerability that Kennett had in the bush. There are seats in the West and in the North and in the deep South, uh, where Labor has never lost uh, any one of those seats for a good 20 years now. Uh, these seats now are vulnerable, not because the Liberals are necessarily the uh, the party that will pick up all the votes, it's, these things are obviously um, you know, being neglected in terms of services. You know, they're booming populations, uh, a lot of land release, a lot of development, but no schools, no roads, no train stations, no no bus routes, uh, no childcare centres, <laughs> no courthouses, no police stations. It's a, it's a, you should go out there one day. Trust me, you should go out there one day. It is a, uh, it is a really really difficult place to see how. Uh, Twenty, thirty, forty, fifty k's out of Melbourne. Uh, voters out there feel connected Which is, to the connected yeah. to the government
0: of the day. This is this is the growth problem. Melbourne is yes. about to become the biggest city in the country, but the infrastructure is not there yet. W- what will the voters be deciding on? Will it be policies, or or will it be integrity? Because I I noticed both Dan Andrews and Matthew Guy have been referred to the anti-corruption commission over state donation laws. I mean, is, is this sort of serious or is it an attempt to, or, there are, or is it bound in attempts to smear their opponents?
1: Yeah, I think integrity matters uh, in the inner city and in the eastern suburbs. I don't think it matters as much in the outer suburbs. So where the perfect storm for Labor would be, uh, lose a couple of seats to the Greens in the inner city, lose a seat or two to the Liberals where in the in the eastern suburbs where they sort of were over the odds at the last election where they won on a landslide. And then lose three, four, five, six seats in the outer metropolitan area to either liberals or independents. That's their perfect storm. And integrity uh, will be one part of it, but it'd be service delivery. It'd be healthcare. It'd be uh, you know physical infrastructure, it'll be transport. Those are the, and those are the things that have decided elections have changed governments in the past. Uh, in this, in the 21st century,
0: mm. and of course, state so governments. Two, state governments yeah, are in the service delivery business. That's what they do.
1: Absolutely, but the last two elections, uh, 2010 and 2014, where we changed government uh, from Labor from Labor to Liberal for coalition, and then from coalition back to Labor, uh, the seats that decided that election were along the Frankston train line. Uh, for your listeners who, who who would know that part, it's sort of bayside part of Melbourne. It's the southeast uh, growth corridor. Mm. That part of the electorate won't. Mess. If if the government is to fall in the majority, from majority to minority, or even if it is to lose power completely, it won't be losing it along the Frankston line. It'll be losing it everywhere else.
0: A lot to watch on Saturday, George. Thank you very much for joining us.
1: Thank you very much, Richard. It's great to talk to you again.
0: That is uh, George Magalhães. It's always great to talk to him. Author, political analyst, columnist for The Age.
1: You've been listening to an ABC podcast.